Hello and welcome to the Cougar Sports Show, and thank you for joining us today. I'm your host, Abby Whittington, coming to you from the University of Sioux Falls in South Dakota. Each week, we interview USF coaches to get the latest inside scoop on all things Cougar sports. Today, I'm here with the head women's tennis coach, Kevin Grevin. Thanks for being here today. Yeah, you bet. So, Coach Grevin was a graduate of Sioux Falls College and actually played football and tennis here. Coach, what made you decide to come to Sioux Falls as a student-athlete? Actually, at that time, uh, football was a priority. Sioux Falls College was the best position for me to go to because I was pretty much guaranteed I would be playing as a freshman. So that's what I wanted to do and come here and do that. So And I did. And you also played tennis while you were here? Yes, I did. And that was a given because I grew up in a tennis household. Uh, my father was big in South Dakota tennis and we always were, uh, I don't want to say dragged, but taken to tournaments <laughs> on weekends what he played in. And so that was just, I grew up and we were probably one of the few families in Sioux Falls at that time growing up uh, over by Axtell Park that just a block from us was another tennis family that actually had a tennis court in their backyard. Oh, wow. So that's where we spent a lot of time down there. So football and tennis, an odd an odd combination. Yes, I have had that mentioned over the years, but it was a nice uh, experience for me to come and be able to do both of the sports that I really like doing. So there is no longer a men's tennis program here. Do you know when that ended? That ended when we made the transition to Division II uh, due to the Northern Sun did not have and does not have a men's conference for tennis, unfortunately. Sure. So how is the tennis program changed since you were a student athlete here? Well, the biggest change is the equipment. When I started here, uh, we still had wooden rackets and uh, they were at that time normal size rackets. And uh, it's just uh, the speed of the game has drastically increased as well that from my time playing to what is being seen out on the court. So the strategy, the scoring, the camaraderie ship, everything else is the same, but it's just the equipment and the, and the speed of the game have changed. Sure. And what what year did you come back to USF to coach? I started coaching um, as a volunteer coach in 2001. Why did you come back? Uh, our oldest daughter, uh, Danielle, came to school and was playing tennis and actually came home and asked if I could help out. Uh, and I knew the head coach at that time really well, Jeff Nelson. And we worked it out and was able to uh, work around my other work schedule that I could come and help coach those four years. And what's keeping you here at USF now that your daughters are gone? What's keeping me here is God and the people that I work with. And it's a strong uh, part of my faith. And my girls on a tennis team get told uh, this every time we're together that God has put us together for a reason. And so we are going to take that and do the best we can with it. So just being here, great environment, great people, students. I love the kids. I love I love everything about USF and what it has to offer. So what would you say your favorite part of the community is, if you had to pick one? Favorite part of my community? Well, if it has anything to do with food, <laughs> that would be good. But uh, I just I just like the, the uh, inclusiveness, the uh, support that not only do I see from my program, but I see from the, the school, the campus life, every, everything involved around the university. Mm-hmm. And let's do a little recap of the 2022 season. What was your guys' record last year? We were 10 and 10 last year. Okay. And as far as tennis goes, is that good or? That's, yeah. I mean, that was where we, I kind of figured we would be, you know, um, the there are some very strong upper tiered teams in the Northern Sun that we have to compete against. And uh I thought we competed well, and we um, came in as the seventh seed in the conference tournament, came down to one match, uh, my singles player match, um, Megan's, who'd been dealing with a shoulder 
injury for the last half of the season, and it came down to a tiebreaker that we ended up losing that 4-3. to three. But the girls never, ever stopped competing, you know, even uh, this year, too, with the injuries that we've had to sustain and go through. So um, we're doing quite well this year as well. So you had mentioned that there were some perennial, perennial powerhouses in the conference. What are those schools? Well, right now it's Augustana and Mankato. They are uh, the two top-tier teams, and uh, we played them early on. Uh, we competed well against them, looking uh, for us to uh, be able to have a second shot at one of them in the conference tournament because we have improved greatly since the last time we played them. Looking back on your 2022 season, what were some of your greatest strengths and weaknesses as a team? The, the strengths, uh, the weaknesses, I wrote that down, it's tiebreakers. And uh, tiebreakers if you're not familiar with tennis, is when the score is six all, and then you play what they call either a seven-point tiebreaker or a 10-point tiebreaker. Those would be in, you know, retrospect, the two areas, because it's one, but there are best strengths sometimes, and there are best weaknesses sometimes when it came down to that. We just would uh, miss a shot here. Like I said, with Megan's tiebreaker, it was six all in the tiebreaker, and the other person hit a net shot. And the ball just dribbled over, and, and Megan wasn't able to get to it. Megan was actually coming back. She'd been playing quite well. I, I look back at, at um, weaknesses, to me, are, are something that we will look at as a challenge. And so if we're not playing well in a certain area, then we just tell ourselves as a team and as players, what do we need to do to make that become non-weakness uh, effect in our, in our program? You touched on tiebreakers, and you said to 7 or 10, if I'm if I heard that correctly, is that a sudden death or like golden goal type of thing, yes. or do you play it all the way out? No. See, now we had to go to Division One scoring a couple of years ago, and so um, the singles matches, if the match is still in question, they will play three sets, two out of three sets. So if the girls win one set and the other girl wins a set, they will play a third set out. If the match has already been decided, then they will play a, what we call a 10-point super tiebreaker, which is uh, they'll play regular points, but the first one to 10 decides the, the winner of that match. A seven-point tiebreaker is when you have two players that have got six all, like see, they, the score is 6-6 six, six in the first set, then they will play a seven-point tiebreaker to see who wins that first set. Um, I'm guessing then that the answer to this question will be tiebreakers. What is the biggest thing that you're looking to improve upon from last year? Well, that's a good question because we go into the program, we go into the season with expectations, and um, a lot of those expectations are contingent on the fact that we don't have anybody hurt or we don't have anybody get sick. Well, we're in sports. That's not going to be mm -hmm. the case. And so how do we look at uh, fighting through adversity? Like Talia, my number one player, has been fighting injuries for three years. And she fights and fights and fights, and then something happens and she has to fight again. And so how do we, how does the team adjust if Talia can't play for a couple matches? And so just having the girls understand that, you know, you may be asked to step up a position, you know, if somebody is out with an illness or an injury. So just getting themselves mentally prepared to make that next level jump. How many girls do you carry on your roster? Right now I have 14 with no seniors. Uh, I have seven coming in, so I'll have 21 this fall. Is that average? No, that's a lot more. Really? Yes. We normally carry 10. Wow. And okay. so uh, we are going to, 
and we've talked this over. My assistant coach, Kevin Plank, and I have, uh, we are going to uh, look at developing maybe a JV style program for that some of the younger players coming in will still get some playing time and then um, getting them the opportunity to kind of see that change from high school to college tennis that way as well. So we've got uh, matches set up for this fall already and uh, a few more next February that we normally wouldn't play, but we will just to get the uh, younger gals some playing time. When when scoring in a meet, do all of the players that are competing do their scores go into your team score? Or is it just the top number? No. So if you, so, in our scoring format, uh, we play doubles. One, we play three doubles. One, two, and three doubles. To get a point out of that doubles competition, you have to win two of the doubles matches. So, if you win one and two doubles, you get one point. And then, when they're playing singles, every singles match counts as a point. So, the most points you can get is seven in a match. You only need four to win. Uh, so, you can get four, four to three. But um, that format is kind of taken away from the doubles play that we used to really uh, emphasis on. Are your singles or doubles teams historically more successful? That was a question that I that I don't think I answered because uh, historically I put a lot of emphasis on doubles because singles is an individual play, and so I don't try to influence the single style play than I do the doubles. Uh, if I can make our doubles team more aggressive. We seem to be a little bit more uh, come out on the score on the positive side more than that. Uh, but with the D1 scoring, you know, you realistically could have a, your top four players could win in singles only and you'd win every match, regardless if you lost all your doubles or your last three singles, because all you need is four points. So we've kind of made the switch to playing a little bit more emphasis on the singles play. And over the last couple of years, the girls, we still have some you know, doubles. When you look at the doubles uh, point, we go, geez, we're glad we got that because we won 4-3. You know, had we not got that doubles point, we would have lost. But we are kind of getting the girls more of a mindset that the singles is going to be where we make our, our points, is the singles play is where we're going to get our points. And you had said that doubles are a little bit different to train. Can you talk about about what that's like? Well, there's a lot of states. Uh, South Dakota is one of the few states where the girls play high school tennis will play both singles and doubles. There's a lot of states where you do one or the other. So I'll have a freshman come in that has never played a lot of singles matches in her high school career but is a very good doubles player. You know, so then my, my uh, job in that is to make her get comfortable in her singles play and maybe allow her that freshman year to play more doubles just because that's what she's more comfortable with. And vice versa, if somebody comes in as a singles player and is a good singles player, we still want to be able to use her, you know, in the doubles lineup. But we're going to get that first year to where she's in that comfort zone of playing singles like she was in high school. And so in college, do they, does everybody play doubles and singles or do people specialize no. in one? There's some that only play singles and there's some that only play doubles, yeah. Looking at the 2023 season, what was your preseason ranking? Uh, we were ranked, I think, sixth in the preseason poll. Okay, and towards the beginning of your season, you guys took a trip down to Florida. What was the competition like there? Competition was good. Uh, we played five matches, and the girls did really well. They won the first four, and then we decided to go down to Tampa and play the number 14th ranked tennis team in the country. Girls played well in that, but that was a very strong team to play, you know, and we're coming from playing indoors, oh, too, sure. so getting acclimated to the the lovely 85-degree warm weather we had all week down there takes a little bit more out of the person when we're used to playing nothing but indoor tennis up here, unfortunately. So, But no, we, we played well and came out of there healthy and no serious injuries and everything. So, What are the most common tennis injuries? Knee, back, shoulder, wrist, elbow. I mean, I'm going up all over the place. Uh, just the repetitive 
mm-hmm. side of the game, uh, it just wears on on them. And luckily, we have we have had not any catastrophic, what I would call season-ending injuries. But uh, you can get an injury that just with tennis, most of the time, it's a type of injury that you can't do anything. You just need to rest. The girls don't want to do that because then there's a little loss of some of the timing in their play. And so we just sometimes figure, well, we leave that up to you and the trainer. If the trainer says, yes, she's good to play and it's just going to have to be a little, you know, we'll have to treat it afterwards, then we can go that route as well. But it's it's all that repetitive motion that tennis has that uh, kind of wears on the body after uh, several months. Did you come out of preseason with any of any serious injuries or were you guys able to kind of get through it? Talia played really well against USD in preseason and um, – that following week, she sustained a, a not a serious knee injury, but a knee injury that just took a long time for her to recover from and get back into her. She's just now getting back into her playing, and that was the 27th of January is when that happened. And so I've had to limit some playing time, you know, for players that would be able to play, but just because we got to look down the road that says we want you to be as close to 100% as possible when we get close to the conference tournament, which is two weeks away. So, um Barring Talia's uh, injury out of preseason, yeah, we came out pretty well. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So you said two weeks away from conference. Do you mm-hmm. guys have any matches before then? Yes, we play St. Cloud and uh, Duluth this weekend, okay. Friday, Saturday. That's our last two conference matches. For tennis, do you play every team twice or just once? Just once. Just yeah, once. you'll play two matches on a Friday, Saturday, or a Saturday, Sunday. And, you'll, you know, the kind of the conference has us paired up in – traveling partners and so we'll travel and play like when we go up to uh, Mary that we did this year we played University of Mary there and Moorhead. What's your guys' record this conference season so far? Right now we're 11 and 4. That's good. So we're doing yes we're doing well when we're 5 and 3 in the conference. Okay wow so two games left what is your hopes heading into conference then? Well if we play well the girls have been playing well we have for the first time in my coaching career our last, we were we were gone every weekend in March. It was our that was our heavy travel month, and uh, the last two weekends we won. We swept both matches away, which has not been done since I've been coaching here. So the girls are on. A, we're on a five game win streak right now, and they're playing well. And kind of we want to carry continue that into this weekend's matches as well. So hopefully again we stay injury free and illness free. Sure. What are the expectations for the team going into this weekend? How have we done against these teams in the Traditionally, past? Traditionally, we've done well against both St. Cloud and Duluth. The teams uh, that you, what you look over historically, success with are the ones that kind of concern me because there are a little drop down in, well, we beat these guys three, four times in a row. I mean, so it's the nice thing about the, the conference we're in, if you take Augie out of the equation, is <laughs> that any one of those teams can beat each other. And, and have you know we beat Moorhead last year head to head, they beat us in the conference tournament. You know Winona beats us head to head, we beat them in the conference tournament. So there's a lot of parity with these teams. I mean, the way the team's playing right now, we should do well. You know if we play the game that we can play. In terms of the NSIC tournament, do all all sixteen teams get to go? Do all teams? Have no, a no, just the top eight. Top eight. Gotcha. And you had mentioned that you don't have any seniors this year. How many freshmen did you bring in, and how has the team changed with them? Uh, I'd have to count. Five or six freshmen that came in, and two of them actually are in the lineup right now. Uh, Sydney is number three doubles, and Ella is number f- or number three singles. Sorry, and number f- uh, four singles for Ella, and then both Ella and Sydney are my number two doubles teams. 
And then I've got uh, Talia and Danielle at one and two are juniors. And then uh, Emily and Caitlin at five and six singles are sophomores. So you have a pretty young team. I have, I have a young team. It's the first time, too, in, in my coaching that I've not had a senior on the team. Why is that? Did you have anybody transfer? I don't know. What? I just I think after a while, just the law of averages caught up that we got uh, enough uh, younger players in as a group, and then we got some more in as a group, and then just kind of stayed the the four, sometimes five years. None of the girls here are, are playing. You know, my juniors are in their legitimate time frame for playing, so... Yeah, no, I don't know. It just like I said, sometimes I've had one senior, and sometimes I've had as many as four. So, so the COVID, the COVID year didn't really have too much of an impact. Not on, on this year's team. It was uh, my seniors from last year got that extra year to play. Yeah, sure. Who are some of the standout players this season? You know, when in tennis, it's uh, unique because you look at it as it is. Yeah, we're a team, but then there's that individual uh, aspect of it that when they're out there on the singles court. And we started something this year that my assistant coach developed, which I really like, is we have a little banner that has uh, the core of what USF tennis is about, determination, dedication, you know, and, and that. And so then the girls play a good match, they get to sign their name on that banner and then date it. Most of the girls have got at least uh, one date on there, you know, that they have. We go back and look. Um I can go back and look at the SMU match. Uh, Emily uh, Thinsonson was uh, playing, and it came down to her match. Whoever won that match was going to win the, the head-to-head. And she started developing really bad leg cramps halfway through the second set. And, of course, then it went to a third set. And she's out there literally crawling from the bench out to the tennis court just so she doesn't have to stand on her legs until she actually has to. Oh, my gosh. And then uh, she actually ended up winning it, you wow. know, coming down and winning it. And Jalen, uh, one of my freshmen, uh, when we went down, she actually won her singles match at the university when we played Tampa. Played phenomenal. Um, Sydney uh, at the University of Mary. Ella at Bemidji. Caitlin, my number six player, has been rock solid for two years. She's right now either on an eight or nine game winning streak for singles. Danny swept her series against Crookston and Bemidji. Uh, Emma won my freshman. Uh, she did the same at Marion Moorhead. Talia fighting back and, and playing through her injuries is uh, against Winona and Upper Iowa. So they all, it's it's fun to see that because what I tell them, if my upper level players are struggling a little bit, then my uh, four, five, and six players kind of pull up the bootstraps and support the team, like vice versa. If they're struggling, then it seems like my top tiered players then kind of you know, find the reason to go out and, and get their matches won. So it's kind of cool how they kind of interact with each other. Uh, watching them on the court, you know, they'll each look at each other and support and, and talk and cheer. And if somebody's struggling, you know, you get the other girls cheering around and everything. So it's, I can't point at one particular player, but I like to be able to mention that, like we said, for that banner. And then my other players who don't get to play a lot this year, we also, uh, you know, when I tell them when we're practicing, you guys make the players better. When you're hitting against them, you're making them better players, and that and you know benefits our program. And so everybody contributes to uh, our successes on the courts. It's just not always they may not get the notoriety because they don't get to play a lot, but they also are there every day for practice, and then they're making the players that do play the varsity side of the matches that much better. I love the idea of the banner. I think that's a really great way to cultivate 
a more of a team atmosphere with a sport that can be more individual. Yes, I like that too. And and uh, so the girls are all on board with that. And, and my aspect of my programs has always been, you know, family. And I tell the girls, you guys are, you know, my adopted daughters for four years while you're here. And so we just, you know, family will take care of family in good times and bad times, you know. And so we just want to make sure everybody's there for everybody. But being able to recognize some players and their teammates are the ones that, you know, will recognize them themselves. It's not Coach Plank or I that will say anything. It's the girls will actually be the ones that, that will congratulate their play, the teammates for playing a good match. You had mentioned that you were looking at potentially having a JV team in the coming years. What what would that look like for the program? Is that intervarsity or inter-squad scrimmages, or are they actually getting to compete within the conference? They would compete against, you know, it's kind of like when we play other teams. If they've got extra players... Everybody, everybody can play. You know, there are some schools, unfortunately, that only have six. And so we don't get to compete extra players. But I know the schools that have extra players on their teams will always touch base with each other before we play and say, hey, how many do you have extra? Then we'll set up some extra matches. Now, the JV program, our, our uh, scheduling format would be we would go out and play non other non-conference schools. So we might play, that. We you know, we played Morningside here last Sunday, the JV uh, squad did. And then we'll play, you know, uh, there's schools that are close by that have programs that aren't in our conference, but that would be good competition for our JV program and our players. When you add those extra games into matches, does those games count towards your team's points or are those just to get that experience for those players? Well, you actually can have a, a dual schedule when you have that many players. And so we are limited to having well, the most matches I can have every year is 25. And I don't think I've ever gotten over 20. And so then you can actually have another set of 25 matches for the JV team. So that would not count towards the the total games played uh, on the varsity side. Have you for sure secured your spot within the conference tournament for the 2023 season? Yes. If we were to lose the next two games, we, we would be in the conference. We would not be seated as well as I want to be, but right now we're in the four, we're in fourth place. So if we can win these next two games, then we'll come in as the fourth seed. What's your highest finish that you've ever had in the conference? Uh, over the years, we've made it to the semifinals. Would like to get to the finals, but again, we have to realize what we have in the conference in terms of uh, Augustana. And uh, if we come in and, and our fourth seed and we win our first match, then our next match would be against them. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> How did you guys do against them this year? We play well, you know, uh, they, they won 7-0, I mean, and they beat everybody 7-0. But the girls, they're, when we play them, they have fun playing. You have fun playing against better players. Mm-hmm. And so they play they play very well against them. My goal is is either to last outlast Augie when they go to D1 <laughs> or I'll beat them before I retire. That's a great goal. I think it's, a lot of our coaches have that goal. Yes. <laughs> um, if there's any recruits listening, what makes your program so special and why should they come play for you? Well, again, when I'm, you know, when I'm recruiting and when it comes down to it, it's very simple. It's fun. And I tell them, you know, don't get me wrong. I want to compete and my players want to compete. But in the end of the day, it's tennis. And uh, I can remember my father saying, don't, don't ever take fun out of the sport because it's a lifetime sport. And so I want the girls to be able to have fun. And when my analogies are when I'm recruiting someone, I'll say, you know, 10 years after you've graduated and you get together with a bunch of your former teammates and you guys start reminiscing about your days here on the team, you're certainly not going to remember the score of your sophomore year against, you know, Crookston 
mm-hmm. you're going to remember the travels. You're going to remember the camaraderie. You're going to remember the time the team gets together. And that's what I want them to take away from. And, and also just I have players that still stay in contact with me after 20-plus years. And so I just want them to be able to say that they, that was – you look back, that was fun. That's what I look back on mine. I look back and I had fun playing. You know, it was fun playing college tennis. That's awesome. Coach, thank you so much for coming on today. You bet. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Cougar Sports Show recorded at the University of Sioux Falls Media Center. You can listen to our show anytime on Spotify with new episodes every Thursday. I'm your host, Abby Whittington, and thanks again for tuning in.